What's up, everybody? It's We Are Live, Chris Denman in St. Louis, and it's Midcoast Studio. That's right, Grand Center. And today, very special show. My buddy TK Kelly's here from Los Angeles. What's up, man? What is going on, dude? Thanks for having me. Dude, so fun to have you. It went from, uh, we joked about this five seconds ago. Hey, TK, uh, you're going to be in town for some comedy dates. You want to maybe pop on the uh, podcast? You can meet Travis, hang out with Tommy the intern, all this stuff, and you can just stop by for a little fun. And it's changed into uh, Welcome to Two Hours with Chris. Yeah, it's, it's a real burden. i got to be honest. <laughs> it uh, certainly getting, is. Getting up early. i got to carry the, the load of this show yeah. now. I bear this weight. I, we'll be all right. He uh, bears a lot of weight where he uh, works as a staff writer on Tosh.0. You know that show from Comedy Central. Stand-up comedian, all things comedy podcast. Lots going on, man. So we're going to bug him about his life, what's been happening in St. Louis. Had a show at the Funny Bone last night. It was great. Great crowd for a Sunday. Wonderful show, but first let's say hello to uh, one Chris Gardner. He's the producer and curator of Polls. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> so formal. Yeah, right? That's how we do it. He, uh, he, he gets very, very particular about his uh, intros. <laughs> and good morning, Walnuts. Yeah, let's. This is. I thought maybe we'd dodge this today, but I guess, hey, what's no, up, Walnuts? No, you wanted to. I did, and I hate it, personally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an affront. That, uh, the walnuts me. are our fans, TK. The walnuts. Oh boy, I that's like a, it. That's a that's a small tree, man. That is a small. Somewhere there's three tree. people like wait, well, that's us, guys. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and the and there are, there are. Yeah, yeah there certainly are. Uh, you know, we take your Facebook comments. We get into lots of stuff. It's been a fun weekend. You have a uh, Stanley Cup final in St. Louis tonight. Man, lots to get into. Gardner, how was your weekend? You always. Uh, I was trying to explain to TK. As we pulled into an empty parking lot this morning, I was like, "Oh no, Chris is here." There's a scooter parked over there, mm-hmm. and uh, just the one, the one lonely scooter, like <laughs> very quiet, the and then just lot. the one scooter laying on its side. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little upset with the local electric scooter companies because which ones? Let's name them. Um, Bird, Spin, and Lime Scooter. Mm-hmm. I've been Lime Scooter loyal with all these companies in town, and. This morning, I was looking for a scooter, and there wasn't one as close to my apartment as I had hoped, so I had to walk about 10 to 12 minutes to a scooter. Ooh, TK, that's a lot. At, th- at that point, you just keep walking, right? Just I, <laughs> I was in the direction to work. You're like 30, you could see the building, and, and I'm like, like, I don't know do if I... this makes sense. But my stubbornness would not allow that. <laughs> it would not allow that, and I finally found... A scooter and was able to take it uh, down here. It so it was a little bit cheaper. The prices have gone up too. Limes like doubled their price. You written any letters yet? No, I mean, I guess their business model isn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> All the electric scooter companies are kind of struggling in that way, so they got to. Not was, because of you. No, I mean, I'm five day awake <laughs> rider. Yeah, I should get like the you know the. I get a, I have a coffee card at one of the places and, you know, punch, punch card or whatever for free. I should get more free rides than I do, but I don't. Mm. There was an incident over the weekend, though, not involving me with okay, an electric pay scooter. Pay attention. This sounds good. <laughs> My girlfriend <laughs> likes to ride her bike around Forest Park. She'll go once or twice around. Over the weekend, she's coming around a corner and a kid on a lime scooter was going a little fast crashed into my girlfriend Jess Are on you the lime scooter knocked her off there was a like a dad rollerblading and a kid on his bike behind her the kid on the bike then crashed into her and now she's got bruises on her legs and she's uh 
She's a little upset about it. And I got a text immediately about how much she hates Lime Scooter people now. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? That's probably why the price is going up, all of the lawsuits. It's, <laughs> these things are a mess, man. They're, 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 it's such a, uh, an interesting look at how quickly something can come and go. Like when they first yeah. showed up, they're everywhere. They're super accessible. But then I felt like, I don't know how it was here, but L.A. started really cracking down on like regulations and rules because yeah. people were getting taken out. And I understand that, but... I'm I'm using it to transport myself from apartment yeah. to work, <laughs> yeah. from one place to another. Yeah, I get I go off to the side of the road when cars are coming. I'll I'll stop at the stop at the intersection. I let all the other cars go. I don't pretend. people get to enjoy your custom helmet. Yeah, I have a, mm -hmm. my own custom helmet. I don't even pretend I'm a pedestrian walking on that thing. Like I don't go across through the crosswalk as though I'm a a, a person walking. Even I let everyone else go. I'm just trying to get from one place to another without exerting as much energy as I don't, you know, yeah. I don't want to. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that life. But there's a few things here lately that are an issue. And Jess is now mad at people that ride scooters. So that is my community. Apparently. So you're just one of them to yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. So are you now, do you have to join the fight against Big Scooter? No. Okay. Because I'm trying to get that scooter gang going. So she's aware of that and... It's it, there was an issue over the weekend, but I have to be very attentive to her right now to kind of smooth things over between uh, the cycling community and the electric scooter community after mm -hmm. the incident in Forest Park. Um, but that's where we stand as of this morning. What a weekend! What a weekend! Yeah. Here I thought maybe you'd have some kind of decadent food story. Chris has been sober for a number of years, so mm -hmm. I like to find out what he does with his life. <laughs> so <laughs> what is it you're doing? <laughs> Somebody asked time. me about that at my local watering hole on Saturday. How long has it been now? And I'm like, it'll be six years on he still hangs out. At, he great, still hangs man. out at a dive bar every single day. And they're like, oh, that's great. And I go, yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> now, this has been, this is miserable. <laughs> Why I do feel, I keep coming back I here? I feel everything. I hear everything. I see everything. I have no escape. That's dark, man. No, I've no. tried pot, and then I get anxiety from using pot. I'm oh, like, what no. kind of weirdo gets anxiety using pot? <laughs> we, uh, we've got some comments. Uh, what do you do when it rains, Gardner? Um, if I'm going to work, it's just, if it's a sprinkle, I'll still go. You got to be careful with the brakes then okay? because you will slide on those things and they kind of, they slide from the back. Um, I found that out one morning when a car pulled out in front of me and Did you uh, eat it? no, it came close though. I've only fallen off the one time and I fell off cause I was going too slow. Okay. And that was embarrassing. <laughs> not to, again, not to, because I didn't you. just step off the scooter once again. I went down with the scooter for some reason, and I still don't know why my brain decided to make that decision. <laughs> you forgot you're not in a car. Yeah. Like, oh, I can just step off of right. this vehicle? That's cool. That's, cool. That's what bothered me the most. I, and I should have been embarrassed about falling. I'm more embarrassed <laughs> that the process that my brain went through said, yeah, go down with the scooter. Right. That bothers <laughs> me. stupid. Yeah. More comments uh, from Burge as Chris looked into purchasing his own scooter. I've thought about it. Um, we're not there yet, but it's at least under consideration. You're rolling in all that sweet, sweet podcast producer money. Yeah. I think you can afford your own scooter. <laughs> I got to remember to charge it and everything like that, yeah. too. So. What if instead we got you a custom golf cart? Oh. You know how we could do that? I would enjoy that. I we think could we go to that. a web address, getawaycarts.com. That's right. St. Louis custom golf carts, baby. TK, you don't know nothing about these libraries, <laughs> do you? Getawaycarts.com is the website. Hashtag carte blanche. We'll have to explain what... Uh, 
carte blanche means to TK during the uh, show today. Hashtag customize without limits. That's right. Custom golf carts for you and yours. Getawaycarts.com. Drive them around on the hill. TK, that's the Italian neighborhood here in town. Perfect for golf cart cruising. Is that, the, is that the only place they're legal? Street legal? Is it, you know what? I don't think technically they're legal anywhere in the city of St. Louis, but the cops are a little bit busy. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. no one ever stops. Yeah. No, no time to worry about the old Italian men in <laughs> velour jumpsuits riding around <laughs> their golf carts. They are there. <laughs> I, I don't want to just go sit down with TK on a bench later today and be like, I told you <laughs> this still happens. The only co- pedestrians he has in Los Angeles are... Uh, Typhoid-ridden over <laughs> seeing that stereotype, stereotypical Italian man that you just described once going to a sandwich shop. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, oh, and, yeah. Um, That's where they go. And on they the hill. <laughs> right. I was getting the sandwich right as they were closing. It was like, I can't remember what time it was. But so I know they're closing and I'm the only one there. And one old man after another comes in and goes down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Mm-mm. What's going on down Maybe there? Maybe stop asking so, questions. And then I needed to, sandwiches might not be their main business. <laughs> and then I needed to use the restroom before I left, so I went down the. That's where the restroom was. Used the restroom, came out, and kind of peeked around. Realized after hours, I guess they were getting a little old poker game. Oh yeah, going. old, old man so, social club. Yeah, man. That's so what I was like, like, oh, New York staple. Is, I was like, this is actually quite pleasant. Yeah. I like this. Uh, well, uh, TK's originally from New York. We've got to have some questions about that. Again, we need, we need to cross-check. Uh, Travis has been in New York a month and considers himself a New Yorker now. So oh, we're yeah. going to cross-reference a few things right, we've been told right. uh, and find those out. <laughs> uh, we do a segment called Fair or Foul at the end of the show. Every day we give people a topic. They send us an email, a sentence, a paragraph on said topic. Today we'll give you 25 bucks to Antonino's On the Hill as a prize. Your theme, if I may, Gardner, I'll mm-hmm. take it. Yes. Fair foul today. A St. Louis themed summer blockbuster movie. What's the name of your podcast, DK? What's the name of my podcast? That is the Movie Night Podcast. That's right. With oh, Dwayne Haskins. Comedy. Did I get that wrong? Dwayne, Dwayne Perkins. Perkins. I keep getting Haskins in there. I, I really like Dwayne that last name. Haskins. Sounds familiar. Small forward for Indiana in 93 or yeah, something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think he was the quarterback for Ohio State. Yeah, there oh, it is. Yes. Got, You're right. Yeah. Dwayne Perkins is a very funny comic. TK does Movie Night Podcast on all things comedy, which uh, the great Bill Burr started. So yes. that's uh, we like to bring some association to that. Either way, in uh, in note of uh, TK being here in town, he's a movie guy. So a St. Louis themed summer blockbuster movie. Get your emails in to wal at weareliveradio.com. We'll pick the best one. And, uh, we'll give you twenty five bucks to Antonino's on the Hill if you're picked for that. Uh, Chris, do you also have a poll today? What's going on? Yeah, I thought um, we'd do one with the sports weekend we had here in St. Louis. This is the Cardinals' new lucky charm, by the way. Uh, oh, really? I'm a lifetime Cardinals fan. I don't know if you know. No, I, we need I, to uh, explain that also. Yeah, we, we, we went know. to the game over the weekend and yeah. uh, got, got a, little, a little guff from some locals about where our seats were. They were... They were uh, they're in the wheelchair accessible <laughs> 100 level <laughs> yeah. seats, but unintentionally, uh, they, hey, just they're on, on StubHub, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's if they have the foldout chairs there, right? Yeah. So TK has a seat, and we're uh, we we see some people what get kind of upset. There was an it? older couple that was a couple seats down that was getting kind of bumped out because they weren't they weren't their seats and they were just sitting there and 
when people with the tickets started showing up, they were like, well, are you guys lifetimers? We're like, I don't know what that means, but uh-huh. uh, I'm going to say no because I just got here last night. <laughs> but it was great, though. It was a fun game. Very fun uh, game. Friday night. Carpenter yeah. hit a walk-off. It was yeah. good. They gave you the lifetimer line? What yeah. is that? What does that mean? Because the people sitting... So it's probably an, we literally picked it's up an arrogant tickets. Cardinal fan. They were also like 90. They were lifetimers on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. It's an arrogant Cardinal fan that is basically saying, well, how long have you liked yeah. the team? It was, it was an odd thing to get mad when I was just like, but those aren't your seats, though, right? Like yeah. you're not. <laughs> so it like, doesn't can matter. You, can you yeah. be mad at us? Right. I, and that's what I was. I was like, are you mad at capitalism? Yes. Or like the, <laughs> you're the like, ticketing? They could be. I mean, they could be mad at capitalism. Yeah. Certainly. But... And I should have engaged them in that conversation. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't, I understand where some of that comes from. That's the B-fib in them. The best fans in Familiar baseball. With that term? Okay, yeah. And that's when it gets annoying when people react or talk like that. That's when, that's when the B-fib gets the reputation they do, mm-hmm. is when they have that kind of attitude. Because I'm, I'm sure on StubHub, you didn't have to check a box Lifetime, lifetime fan when buying a discount if, yeah. I, if I've been loyal to the team? Right. Oh, you can't have these no. seats then. No, no you, can, you can't have these he seats. He says uh, yes, and then they're like, we actually have photo basically, evidence of you at a Yankees <laughs> game in 1988. Lies. How do you explain this? Basically, what it really it might come down to, though, is old people upset they have to keep moving. Exactly. Yeah. And, and honestly, like they were, they said one thing, they walked away. Uh, I beat the shit out of the old guy. He was mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, I cheered him on. Otherwise, the fans were perfectly lovely. Great game. Oh, it was a fantastic good game. And, then, uh, and we stayed the end too. The, I was actually a Friday night uh, extra innings game. It was yeah. pretty full at the end of the game, so I was happy with that. I'm trying to think. So you grew up in New York, TK. Yeah. How would you rate the experience? Uh, we both laughed about Chavez games, uh, Chavez Ravine games, or Dodger games with yeah. people showing up late, oh. leaving early, all that good stuff. Sorry, the poll. Before Real we quick, yeah, yeah. I just realized that myself. And I will forget if we don't jump to it. Uh, the poll question: Which? Okay, so we had the Boston Bruins in town. We had the Chicago Cubs in town. Mm-hmm. Boston sports fans, Chicago sports fans. St. Louis has a history with both. I know New York fans have a certain history with one particular city. So the question, which city sports fans do you dislike more, Boston or Chicago? I mean, I'm not going to tell people how to pick. <laughs> <laughs> but Boston is the worst place on the planet. It is the worst city in America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, if you guys want to get on TK's good side, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe that's how you're going to take care of it. So check that out on Twitter at we are live radio on Twitter for that. I think, uh, I think Chicago is going to run away with it with mostly St. Louis people checking in, yeah. but I don't, I think the true answer is Boston though, because, uh, we're seeing a little bit of that. It's all personified in, um, one of your favorites, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Mm. <laughs> I see how people get fired up. Boy, he, that guy has mastered and he's in town right now. That's yes. what I saw. Uh. I saw, and you know what? I don't know enough about Barstool to go in on like, are they this or are they that? But uh, the tiny bit of stuff I've seen, whatever it is, that guy knows how to ignite people one or the other side. And I'm not saying that's even a good thing. It's just... right. Man, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, that's a, look. Boston has earned their reputation <laughs> as a sports. I mean, they, I, to their credit, man, they support their teams like yeah. uh, maybe better than any other city. In, but good lord, there's a line, people. Yeah. Take it easy. You're monsters. <laughs> and well, there's also the thing too where it's like 
just recently they've become like championship city. Oh, that's don't the get worst. me like they had their run, they've, the Bruins and Celtics arrogance. and all that. But oh, like, it's been 165 yes. days without a championship. What are we <laughs> gonna do? <laughs> the worst. It, yeah, it was a lot easier to deal with them before the entitlement came. Like when, yeah. when for such a long portion of my life, I remember the the Red Sox is like this. Yeah, sure, there are rivals, but like they didn't matter that much for right. a long time. It was really like the Baltimore Orioles were who the Yankees worried about in division. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Boston was amazing again after like 2000, and then football too. It was just, I mean, how long were the Pats just a non-entity? They were it like was, one of the worst teams in the league well, for years. They got Drew Bledsoe because they were so bad, right? Yeah, like and it's just it's unreal. I mean, the turnaround is impressive in all of the sports. It's been uh, it's a it's a run, man. Yeah, God, I hate him. It's, <laughs> it's, it's infuriating. It certainly is. Uh, no, it's not infuriating. It's just extremely annoying. Yeah, extremely annoying. Are we going to see extremely annoying tonight? Um, Either way, Blues or uh, Bruins win. Mm. Man. It, I, I feel like this game has got to go the Blues way. If, if you go down three Got Gary one, Clark it, Jr. It, out in the street, you're going to lose in front of Gary Clark <laughs> not Jr.? Not in front of Gary, guys. <laughs> Don't do Come this. On. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> all, you know all these rural Canadian guys on the hockey team <laughs> love Gary Clark yeah. Jr.'s woke new album. Where's Lil Nas uh, I, yeah, I think you have to, right? Like it's you got to tie it up just for morale. Sake yeah, if, if if you go down three one, you start to get into that mentality of like this team is better than us, and we're going back to their place. We right. are screwed. <laughs> uh, the Blues trend has been to win a game like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, they've been playing well. So playoff series. I don't know if you want to. Well, I'm pulling for you guys because uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but yeah. I hate everything. <laughs> so go Blues, baby. That's right. One more uh, comment before we move on from it. I don't want to forget it. Uh, the Black Sheep uh, regular commenter says, from uh, your girlfriend being attacked earlier, Yeah. Um, maybe the Scooter Gang has already started and your girlfriend was the first gang-on-gang gang hit. Oh, no. See? So is there another gang? No, yeah. They're, That's they're coming at me? It's like how the police have to up their 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 weapons, no. right? You are going to have to get ahead of the gang, man. They broke the rule, then. You don't go after family. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do that. It's true. It's true. I even mean, even in a blood war uh, between scooters and bicyclists, you, that you, is, you don't go after family. No, that has crossed a line. That has crossed a line if that's the case. If I find that out... Shame on you. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was harsh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was harsh. You're not going to invite them. Are you going to invite TK to a uh, pizza buffet lunch today? Is that what, So he'll scooter. The great Lou Ferrigno, you familiar with him? I am absolutely uh, Certainly you are. Uh, was sitting in the chair you're sitting in. Oh, and my God. I feel we, uh, you this should. is uh, you feel that's pretty big. great. It is. I also feel tiny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never, like, I, that was the first thing I did. I was like, hey, Lou, I got some big paws on me. Let's see yours. And his were like half a finger long. I was like, that's not, a, like, that's not, shouldn't be possible. No, he's like, I played not a human. Like, <laughs> because I'm just bigger yeah. enough to be like, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. He might not be human. They, they didn't need CGI for Lou. <laughs> Lou sat in that very seat, and we um, sadly informed him that Mr. Gardner was on his scooter all the time. Mm -hmm. Lou Ferrigno advised against scooter use. And Gardner still takes his scooter to go eat at pizza buffets for lunch. Like yeah, this is because Lou had recently 
falling off one. It seemed. So. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That must have been a sight. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine that happening in your neighborhood? Like, like, if you saw it happen, how long would it take for you to believe you just saw it happen? Yeah. Mm. Like, at least a, a full few days before you're like, it was Lou Ferrigno, right? That, like, that, it was definitely Lou I, Ferrigno. Yeah, if it's we, Lou Ferrigno, I'd be like, is he going to get mad? <laughs> he oh, just no. freaks he mad out, at the scooter? snaps the scooter <laughs> over oh, his oh, knee. Oh, God! <laughs> Let me video while I'm running away. Some extremely handsome and very well-kept 67-year-old man just ate shit in front of the house. What was he doing on a scooter? <laughs> Come on, happening? Lou. Uh, Tom in the comments. Boston is also the only city that had bars that required me to have two forms of photo ID and wouldn't sell me a pitcher of beer that I intended to consume on my own. What? Wow. Uh, yes, that is one thing that I, I Northeastern correspondent TK Keller cannot <laughs> stand about Boston. Uh, it, they make it really hard for you, and I guess they do have to make it hard for people to drink there because they're all monsters <laughs> and they want to keep them sober-ish. I don't but see the is, problem. Oh, it's, uh, you need several forms of ID. You're from out of town. It's like you're really inconveniencing them. The bar's close too early. I, I got a litany of issues with this place. <laughs> is Boston uh, not unlike one neighborhood in particular here where? They're so ingrained into their pseudo Irish heritage that they're like racist towards other whites. Oh, absolutely. I bet you're not Catholic, are yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? They've perfected racism, man. They're <laughs> on all it. levels. You think the South mastered it? No, Boston. It's there, kind that's of, where it's at. I mean, we have our issues here. It's kind of like, it is kind of like marijuana, though. We, there's different strains of it. Mm. Oh, yeah, sure. And some of them are more potent in different ways yes i guess and there are definitely certain uh neighborhoods in boston as like any kind of out of towner you just that's not where you go hang out anyway you don't want to be around the uh the afflex yeah that's fair i can see that <laughs> i'm just i'm trying to just think about i've never walked through the streets there but i'm just getting a real a, a mindset for it and how it goes it's and a like, beautiful city yeah uh just you know is it funny that it's full people. of education, <laughs> yes. of higher education uh, as well? With the, the dichotomy <laughs> there of like, I mean, that is also that fuels like the the hatred for everyone from out of town. Yeah, is anyone local there is like town? Oh, you think you're better 10. than me, college <laughs> boy? And it's like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not from <laughs> this ten square block area. Just leave me alone. I go to Tufts. <laughs> <laughs> and it is such a college town. There's so many, so many schools there, and it's a. It's a fun city. It's beautiful. Uh, just, you know, you got to get rid of all the people. That's all. That's cool. <laughs> they just tell you whatever you want. I'm never going to be able to go play Boston. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> right. Because uh, I've always wondered what happens to, like, a sports fan like Boston and that, well, we're starting to see now when entitlement does come your way. And the Cubs fans are the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, the identity was so wrapped up in yeah, yeah. the lovable loser types that, you wonder, okay, so what happens when they do win and they have one? And they turn quickly yes. to cocky, arrogant <laughs> oh, assholes. So arrogant. Mass <laughs> holes in the yep. Boston case. And it happens at the snap. It, th there is not a lot of time in between. No, and no. They, it was, it, you would have thought as soon as the Red Sox won that they had just been winning yeah. like for oh, decades. Oh, for sure. It was just, it was I, like, hey, I, we've I, been I waiting it. to be exactly. assholes. <laughs> it's finally time. It, you, can't, you can't let them you got to take it away from them tonight. You can't let them have yeah. that lead when you're going to go back. And it's not, it's not something I'm, I'm not going to go. I always, I always get upset when I hear the must win phrase mm -hmm. tagged on a game because unless it is an elimination game, it is not a must win. I mean, just by technical, yeah, no, technicality. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, that's why you watch. You know, you know, you know that the percentages are not in your favor, but okay. Like if, if someone said this was a must-win game tonight and they lost, are you just done watching them? Exactly. For the rest of- no, you're not it, it because is, you it, don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. So overused. And especially in hockey, like hockey's one of the few sports where a, a comeback is very realistic in a series, mm-hmm. even being down by a it's lot. It's insane, actually. But, like, yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's out of control. I think Chauncey Billups called game one a must-win for the Raptors in the NBA Finals. It was like, I mean, I know what you're saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors are great, but it's game one. You fundamentally don't understand the term. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's a must-play. They must play. Yes. It is required by like their that. contracts. Yes, stated, they're contractually yeah. obligated. I want to see play. someone on NHL Network do that, like, like with confidence, say it. It's a must-play <laughs> game tonight. It's a must-try. They're going to yeah. have to put some effort in, at least. <laughs> they certainly will. Another comment. Uh, Danny is saying something's missing this morning. Oh, it's not having the TNT, Travis and Tommy boys, interrupting every two seconds. Oh, TNT. <laughs> yeah, TNT. Tommy had a big weekend uh, of comedy at the Funny Bone. Uh, and TK jumped on that show last night. I did. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I was there, and I said, Tommy, why don't you take tomorrow off, and you can come in Tuesday and get things done. Oh, no, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll, ch- I'll, be, there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I saw it. He had that look in his eye, Chris. Yeah. He had that look. I was like, you're going to go get tacos after <laughs> this. Did he have a shot at Jameson? <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, got a text at 6.30 this morning, politely asking if my offer still stood. A negotiation? Uh, I was like, I, I mean, didn't know that was an option. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah TK. <laughs> would have taken that offer too. Uh, 6.30, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, so no uh, no, Tommy. Travis is traveling today uh-huh. and uh, also in a very timely manner let us know he wouldn't be available. So uh, no, did, Travis. I will give him this. He did a lot better than in the past. Okay, yeah, instead of seven minutes into when he was supposed to be <laughs> on. We got it. commenting on the, oh, by the way, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> that's perfect, so, man. So we actually had some time to... Figure things out if need be. So I figure things okay. out equals I know TK is talented enough to hang out with me for two hours <laughs> yes. and we're not going to hate life. We yeah. were comfortable. We'll right. Yeah. Well, we were. You are never comfortable, Gardner. No, Where's I'm that? often in conflict, as I always said. That's, <laughs> that's my only comfort <laughs> is conflict. State of being. Yeah. I like it. If it's not there, then what the hell am I doing here? What uh, are we doing? I want to dork out with TK about some comedy stuff, but first I got to tell you guys about Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. It's a food truck, TK. We need to hook you up with this. Poke. Masubi, all the legit stuff. That is exactly right. You see the uh, the photo there, TK? That's Buzz, and he owns it with his family. He pays for ex- extra fresh food, so everything's legit, delicious, and it's all around town. Check out their Facebook page. That's Buzz's Wine Grill, kick-ass food truck right here in St. Louis. You can check that out. They have some big news coming, too. they got a, a TV show that they're going to be a part of, and I'm really excited for them because we obviously created the buzz around that. <coughs> Pun intended. Was it? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It, it seem certainly like it was. wasn't. Uh, so, again, shout out to Buzz and the team. Um, let's see. Birch in the comments. Travis is an hour ahead of us. Don't give him too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, TK, you grew up in New York. Yeah. You've been in Los Angeles for how long now? Uh, just about 10 years. Oh, man. How, has it worn on you? Are you? Um, uh, do you still hold your New York roots? Like, uh, what's going on, man? Yeah, it's weird. I mean... Uh, it's it's been such a long time and it's gone by so quickly that that kind of speaks to I I will say for all the hate LA gets it's an easy place to live man it's yeah. nice it's nice all the time it's you know traffic sucks but 
that's kind of because people want to live there, right? right. Like, yeah. it, you know, there's a lot of people, but uh, I love it. And I, I always be a New Yorker at heart. I would uh, love to be back in New York someday. I always say if I was just doing stand-up, I'd probably be back there. It's it's the best place in the world to do stand-up. Yeah, it seems uh, like that. I mean, our friends that are up there, they're just like they're just working every night. I'm like, that's your life. You go hang out at the. It's so fun. At man. the comedy cellar and eight million super great stand-ups are going to pop in. You've always got a full crowd, and yeah. it's just legit. It's, and it's such a great. Uh, the, the, it's such a great audience town. The mm-hmm. the the people in the in the audiences are so. Uh, prepared to enjoy a show. They get how to enjoy a, a stand-up show. By and large, there's not a lot of, like, people sitting there with their arms folded and, like, dismissive and checking Finishing their phones your punchlines. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> Finishing my punchlines. Yeah. Uh, for all of you listeners out there. Yeah, go ahead. When Give you're some at advice. a stand-up show and, and okay. a comic pauses uh, to deliver Here, a punchline, right to deliver there. a punchline, uh, don't shout out your best guess at what their punchline is about to be. <laughs> Some lovely gentleman kept doing that last night <laughs> at the funny bone. I had to stop and and admonish him like a small child. It was it was a good time, <laughs> <laughs> which actually opened up the crowd oh, more they than loved any it. of your material. They loved did. it more than anything else I did. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, tell him." It was like, "Kill him." I'm like, "Oh man, you guys want it. I you like guys this want the idea, conflict." Though. Like, it seems like a choose your own adventure exactly comedy oh, thing. right it was like, great whoa, i'm like you know okay. what you're not doing uh ruining my set <laughs> <laughs> uh and then thursday uh, just as a recap too so tk is here he's doing some dates in the midwest and then i'll head over to dc kentucky all these great places uh did our show thursday Southtown pub fun show huge thanks to all you guys that came out to that that was packed and uh, the performers did fantastic everybody was super funny and that was a really i mean think about that it was a bar crowd that was a good crowd. Oh on yeah, Thursday. I yeah, mean, when you can get that's you, you got a great setup over there for you know when you when you're coming to a bar as a comic to do a show you you worry about all the things that could be wrong with it. Uh, well, but, yeah, but it's having just chaos. That, having that separate upstairs room and just even the the build of that room is like it, it works mm-hmm. very well for stand up and it was great to see a packed room. It was, yeah, it was, awesome. it was fun. It was cool to mix in some. Uh, we had another performer from uh, New York stop by. She was great as well. But um, so you move out to. Los Angeles. What took you to L.A. initially? Uh, winter. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, this is the worst. Um, yeah, I was just kind of done there. I hadn't, I, I wasn't doing anything comedy related really. So you graduate college. You're in graduated New York. college. I had like a regular job in New York. I was a, a financial recruiter. Ooh. Uh, I mean, how I got that job, I'll never know. That's I, the I, passion that you showed during that oh job had to God. be top level. I mean, the amount of nothing that I did for two years was astonishing. I worked at one place for a year. I was kind of just, you know, I was the little guy on the totem pole doing the grunt work, whatever, just just regular office work. Uh, hated it, but at the time, my priority was like, I'm just trying to make enough money to drink every night, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Which in New York as a young guy. Super cheap like, in New York, amazing. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I somehow got hired at some other company to be their, like, internal recruiter, and it was right when the economy crashed oh great so that didn't affect new york much. my job was basically to call people and be like hey i got this other job they're like you think i'm gonna leave my job voluntarily (laughs) are you out of your mind i had an office it was a whole thing i i just stopped doing anything for a year i didn't do anything i used to close my door and just like watch netflix back when like netflix was hard copy dvds <laughs> you had them getting delivered to your office You're like it was, i'm not even hiding it anymore it was terrible i didn't know what i was doing i don't know how i got the job and at the end of the year my boss was just like uh 
so we're going to just kind of sever ties. And I was like, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the responsible thing to do. I've, right. I've done nothing. They gave me a, a company phone, and literally the only thing I ever used it for was to prank my best friend in New York <laughs> who didn't know I had this other number. So I kept texting him, like, vivid details about what he's wearing that day and like how I was watching him. I, I made him think he had a stalker. It was very enjoyable. <laughs> but like they, they saw all of it and they're yeah. like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> I'm 23. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. <laughs> this was with a financial. Uh, this was with a small uh, financial brokerage and they, they wanted me to, to hire new, uh, Here's, here's how little I know about the industry. Yeah. I don't even know what I'd call it. I've already forgotten what I would call the people I hired, but just financial advisors, basically. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know what they did. I sat in on an interview once with someone, and I'm like, oh, man, they don't know how insanely unqualified. We're talking securities, and I'm like, I, I don't know what those are. I, uh, <laughs> I had a job like that once before yeah. because it wasn't exactly what you were doing, but a friend was studying to become an advisor and mm -hmm. he was studying for his test. He's like, hey, why don't you come work for me for the summer yeah, yeah. in our firm, and uh, you can do some stuff, and that'll take some of the workload off me, and you can do this. I'm like, okay, I don't, I mean, I'm in communications. I don't yeah, know what. Yeah, that's what, what I, I had, like a degree in communications. I'm like, I don't know what I, any of this, I, and I honestly, I don't care, Yeah. but I'll help you out. If, if you think I can be a help to you, yeah. I will try, and I'll get some drinking money as well. Yeah. And so I did it, and like I had this office, and I would close the door and spend 15 minutes of each hour and I would put a timer out just staring at the wall thinking about how much I hated what I was doing. Yes. Oh my God. And yeah, that, man. I, it's just not... Because I, I was cold calling people to try and sell exactly. them on a port... Like, yeah, oh, come in for a portfolio review and I remember the moment you I was done. You were cold calling people? I was cold calling. <laughs> I remember the moment I was done was I was calling someone, hey, this is Chris with UBS Paint Weber. Uh is Mr. Franklin home? And, you know, and, and um, the lady answered and she's like, oh, no, Mr. Franklin's been dead for 10 years. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry to open that wound. <laughs> uh, I apologize. I didn't realize that. Was is he a it, good man? Is this Mrs. Franklin? Yes, it is. And I went from that moment to, well, Mrs. Franklin, perhaps you'd like to come in for a portfolio. Oh, and I no. felt this way. And, I, and I'm talking, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you uh, in my head, I'm like, what am I doing? Hit the brakes. What I, and, and, and she was like, oh, that. And she was willing to do so. Oh. And I'm like, and I, I just sat there after I got off the phone, and I'm like, I'm quitting tomorrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm like, I don't know what, just, what I just did, but it does not feel good. And yeah. I don't want to feel this way oh, anymore. That's awful. So I was like, yeah, it was. It was, I was, it was a terrible moment. But at <laughs> least it, I will say at least it got me out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, can, yeah. I can kind of feel, it's, I didn't have the same job, you, but I can see what you're saying about that kind of industry. And you know when you're not that person. you just like, yes. when, when, when my boss sat me down, it was like, you, he, he took a burden off of me by mm -hmm. firing me because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do this job. Right. If I do this, if I'm still doing this in 10 years, I'm going to kill myself and everyone in this office. Like it's <laughs> yeah. not, not going to work out for anyone. So that's when I, I started uh, pursuing comedy like properly. I started, uh, I, I had been writing my own stuff, uh, like uh, some features uh, and, and applied at USC for grad school because I was like, I'm not doing anything with my degree. Uh, That's a big move, too, it, man. What else was I going to do? I was like, I don't know. Why not? See what I, I, I also didn't think I would get in. And then I got in, and I'm like, 
all right, I guess I'm moving to California. <laughs> Going to California. And, uh, and then I just started stand-up there because I was either going to start in New York after I stopped working those jobs or I was going to go out west and do it. Jeez, there's some comments here. Uh, Meredith, uh, shout out to Meredith. Did a great job at Southtown the other day. Once more close-ups of TK's face. Whatever just happened was adorable. Hang on, Gardner. Uh, camera three, go. go ahead. <laughs> that, that one more time on that real quick okay Hang which on. poses Wait. do we need okay give me uh yeah. okay here we go let's work it out uh there you go you're happy you're pushing the coffee maybe taste the coffee a little bit we'll just do some work here Ooh, ooh coffee's oh. bad but now it's not good oh. you don't like it it's oh. bad it's ooh, bad coffee mm. now you're you gotta see my acting chops from okay LA. yeah <laughs> that's right let's see uh now you do get to be on tash as an actor sometimes i do yeah, yeah. so wait so Let's get, um, what was the guy's name that you called and he was dead? <laughs> oh, Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin. Can we go back to camera three? Yeah. Uh, you've just received news that Mr. Franklin has passed. Am I, and, and I'm, I'm the cold caller? You're the cold caller. You're Gardner. Uh, right. He uh, died 10 years ago. I'm sorry. Are you Mrs. Franklin? I am. Uh, are you, so you're single? <laughs> you could say that. You sound hot. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> it's, a, it's a real dry patch. <laughs> Let's get you back in the game, Mrs. Franklin. <laughs> well, there you go. That's TK Kelly. Give it up for TK, everybody. Uh, <laughs> From Tom in the comments, cold calling blows. Once had a job where I asked for leads and they tossed me the yellow pages. Uh. I'll say this as somebody who literally like that's all I do is reach out to people cold. Like, yeah, I don't. It's really funny to me. It would be like someone being like, I mean, I'm pretty funny at the construction side. I'm going to get up and do 20 minutes of stand up. Yeah. It is funny whenever business owners think that like they could have the intern reach out to like high level executives and they're going to take meetings and stuff like that. I'm like, would you meet with someone that can't get through a three 30 second? Hello. Like that's not, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And anybody who's ever done it, I, uh, cheers to you for giving it. Yeah. I hated it. Like I weren't, I was okay. I wasn't great, but I had some bites, but that were you drinking at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that. But that probably helped like literally at the time Yeah, during the show. Yeah. It like I had to wear like a tie and I wore cufflinks and I was like, not that life. Ooh, like every once in a while, that's okay. Sure. Yeah, for an I want it to be for an event. I don't want it to be every day of my yeah. life. And the other thing was the guy who like ran that that office used to be in like radio in New York or something. Everyone was like, for some reason here, I should have probably looked into that more and been like, why'd you go from radio to New York? All of a sudden, you're in like St. Charles, Missouri. What happened hey, in your what life? What did you do? Well, yeah. What happened in your <laughs> life for this to happen? He's like, oh, you got to get out of radio. You got to do that. And they're like, oh, we'll do this. We'll have these kind of incentives. I'm like, yeah, I, I, that doesn't sound like like a life for me. Like, yeah. this is not what I'm comfortable with. Now, he was right about getting out of radio, probably. I probably should have heed that advice. But <laughs> Who saw that coming? Imagine being. But the other stuff I was not on board with. <laughs> yeah. Imagine be, it, in St. Louis is different because our wave is 10 years slower than the other, right? So, like, it's just now podcasting's been a viable thing for a decade. Mm-hmm. And just now in St. Louis, you have people that own businesses. They're like, okay, all right, I could get behind that. That seems but legit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's <laughs> still super strong radio here. Mm-hmm. Like, serious. Like, I, uh, you just see radio stations in L.A., New York, all these, like, closed down, and then they're serious and all this stuff. But it is interesting to me. Like, I think we need to... Uh, myself and Jamie Crock need to maybe do a, a little bit of a, a mockumentary on... Let's say a radio station in 1997, like right before the internet starts really picking up for things, because 
those guys were living the life, oh, man. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. Like, local celebrities, like, big time, yeah, right? we're like, playing CDs now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the future, yeah. man. Like, oh, my God. Uh, how about this? Uh, and we've got to get back to TK's story. We'll work you through that some more. But you guys, if you have questions, throw them into the comments. Uh, I love interacting with you guys. And I and TK is going to get red or blushy or whatever on this. But I find stuff like he does to be super interesting. And I know a lot of people tuning in are going to have some good questions. So don't hesitate to uh, ask random stuff. And TK will... Uh, message you personally i've been yeah, that's right. naked on tv mm. a lot mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I don't get that red face <laughs> is that true yeah. i didn't know that yes most of the appearances i make are are it's some variation Dude. of physically embarrassing is, <laughs> like, your, is your penis that impressive uh, that oh, they yes. want you on yes. there like, no i mean the, the crew is like let's see that dick get it out uh, <laughs> It's a funny thing that whenever people bring it up, like that, that's one of the biggest questions I get asked is like, are you guys really naked when, when this is happening? Like, no, no. <laughs> Why would I be? Like, they, they're going to blur it out anyway. Yeah. That would just be unnecessary. That, that would be uh, the guy who's shredded, who just the second the temperature goes over 78 degrees. Yeah. Woo, Let's pop this shirt off. Take it, yeah. Uh, Even no, it, we're, we're filming in a freezing cold studio <laughs> and I'm wearing, I'm wearing nude colored, nude briefs, colored briefs. So. Okay. Uh, Danny asked, does Todd do writers on Tosh try to get on camera? seems like punishment most of the time. It is. <laughs> I mean, like it, you wrote, like, you know, you didn't turn in your best work this week. It's this weird balance of like, when you're in a lot, it's, it seems good because you're like, well, they have faith in me that I can do this. I can right. play this little part and get a laugh. Uh, but it's also like, man, what they he loves to embarrass the and writers. He is, and he loves Ta it. And again, too, Tosh is, is – so the way this stuff works, and, and we can break this down more, but overview for now, Tosh is involved – in everything, yeah, in every yeah, yeah. aspect of his show, yes. right? Yeah, so yeah. Super some involved. shows you would have him kind of just walk in, show up, do the show. Mm -hmm. He's involved in every joke, everything, yeah. right? And and when someone writes a piece and they have this other part in it, he's very quick to pick out who he thinks not only will be good for the part and be funny, but who probably doesn't want to do it. And, <laughs> and the writers do all it too, the writers back and are, forth. are all we the writers write, stand ups? Uh, no, not all of them. There's a few of us. But Everybody's. Comedically talented. Yes, very yeah. very funny writing staff, and and uh, people really enjoy writing parts for each other. Be like, well, you know, I had I had so and so in mind for this because I want to see him have to do that on television. <laughs> like, it's really, <laughs> it's probably not as funny to everyone else as it is to us. Right. But we're like, I want to see this guy naked on TV for sure. For the oh my gosh, uh, Meredith is really killing in the comments. Amazing acting. Is there anywhere we can see TK performing tonight? No, <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> no. Yeah. He may hit an open mic or two, but I doubt I, it. Uh, I, I was giving uh, my esteemed co-host here a little, a little crap for... I, I hadn't realized we, we scheduled some shows while I was in town. Yeah. Super helpful. Thank you, by the way, for yep, all of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he was... Mentioned the heavy anchor on Monday. So it's mo so Monday nights just for just so everybody knows. Like even if you're a big huge name, like Monday nights are a horrible time to do a comedy show. Yeah. Period. So I lovingly said, "Hey, heavy anchor is a great thing. This guy Chad hosts uh, a, a fun open mic. There'll be a crowd. I might have missed the open mic in. part. I didn't I, hear that. <laughs> I, I said, "Yeah, heavy anchor. It's a late show. You can pop in. Yeah. Do some I, time. I put it in my calendar. It was on the official tour poster." <laughs> I can only imagine 
all the shit I'm going to catch for that. Like, so in the comedy world, you don't put open mics on your schedule. Uh, I only put open mics on my posters, <laughs> and I will be signing them at the Heavy Anchor tonight. <laughs> Again, there's nothing wrong with the Heavy Anchor. It's a great open I've always mic. heard it's great. Yeah. It's, you know, you just don't, uh, but you t- don't there was promote. A- there open mics a, and as, as your show. As, I'm a headlining, guys. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, as he realized it was an open mic, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's on my poster. <laughs> so it, was prou- a, it was a proud moment in had, comedy. I had saw that's it where on I'm his at, po- guys. Yeah. <laughs> I had seen it on his poster, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice of him to throw oh, them a bone." Oh, good for him! Yeah, it's a promotion. I can't believe yeah. you didn't point it out when you saw it on my poster. I was like, "Hey, good for you, man!" I this don't guy's know. really trying to fill out the schedule. <laughs> Jeez, <man. laughs> so yeah, so so that's what happened. So yeah, back to your I guess journey. Let's get back to this. So you go out to L.A., uh-huh. you jump in at USC in what would be one of the best grad school programs in the world for uh, that for certainly, entertainment certainly the most expensive <laughs> good lord your parents didn't pull any strings uh, with no, that dude my parents didn't pull any strings they didn't get me on the crew team Damn they it. didn't <laughs> they didn't get me one of those fake scholarships mm. they didn't help at all yeah um yeah so i did that i was there for two years uh it was great it was, what was the program um it was so at the time there were two screenwriting programs another thing i didn't know going like i applied to what i thought was usc's screenwriting program didn't realize there was two of them there was one where it's like you're applying to the film school with like a screenwriting concentration and then there was another one where you're applying to the school of uh arts and letters with a screenwriting concentration i did the latter and got there and i was like oh there's another i didn't even know this is how I'm formed. This is how I make decisions, guys. I moved this across is, uh, the country. So you want to be a staff writer for Comedy didn't Central. didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was a good program. Uh, some great professors. I got to work with uh, a writer for The Simpsons, which is my favorite show of all time. Who's the writer? Uh, Michael Price, who okay. is now the co-creator and showrunner of Bill Burr's F is for Family. Oh, my God. Have uh, you seen that, Gardner? Oh, hilarious. I uh, you, Gardner's not a guy who watches things, but I have not. What do you do? It's, but <laughs> it's it so is, good. It's so good. It is. Um, I've heard you and I've heard two other people tell me about that one. So that would go on the list of things that uh, like if I'm going to go and invest in something to watch. I know it's hard for me just to get over watching Bob's Burgers over and over, which is <laughs> normally my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, Great show, too. Yeah. But it would be, I would put Emphasis for Family probably right below Barry in terms of Barry's things great. that, that I want to watch. to watch. Yeah. 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 Those, are the, those are the ones that I've heard enough about and people's opinions that I respect in those regards for that kind of information. Those are the, those are probably, there's probably another one in there. I can't remember what it is, but those are probably two of the shows that I would get invested in. Yeah, it makes sense. So you're working with Michael Price. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I started seeing, all right, I'm getting like legit professors here who who actually do this for so like he, he was he through USC. Yeah, he just did it as like he he just did it for a semester. Wow. He he's a super nice guy and and was very enthusiastic about sharing his knowledge. So it was like I'm I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna help some younger people out, help people get into this industry. Uh, so he was great, and I also I had some great internships while I was there. I managed to get. Uh, an internship at Comedy Central and one at Conan, and and I've been the biggest Conan fan my whole life. So, 
just it, it was great. It was a good experience. Break? No, you're not going past those internships, pal. We got another <laughs> hour to fill. We got to talk about the internships. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but when you so Let's at talk this point more you're about my finance job. <laughs> <laughs> at this point you're 24. Um, oh, I think I was by the time I came out because I worked so I worked for a few years in finance and then after that I started just bartending for a couple years mm -hmm. and and started writing on my own to prepare to have something to submit to school. Uh, so I think when I got out here, I was 27, maybe? To L.A.? Yeah. So jumping into, I mean, even though those are big-time names and everything, was it a little bit difficult or weird being an intern at 27? I mean, It was. It, it is was, that the norm, was, or were there 19-year-olds also? It was a lot of undergrad students, okay. but honestly, it gave me a huge leg up because I wasn't an idiot. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like I knew how badly <laughs> I wanted to be there. Yeah. And they, a lot of them maybe didn't at and the time. And you knew the opportunity that was yes, in front of exactly. you. Yes, yeah. exactly. And there was also some grad students who, who kind of had more of a similar mindset to myself. Uh, and, and and because of that, I kind of got a lot of trust put in me uh, at, at Comedy Central. it was it, That internship was in development, so I was just reading a lot of scripts. Um, which was great. It was great. Did you get to pass or fail any scripts? I did, which is insane. As an intern? Insane. Oh. That's scary. That's oh Hollywood, guys. Kids. They're like, hey, <laughs> should, I, oh, hey, should I read this guy I just met from grad school? I'm like, yeah, you should read it because someone worked really hard on it and you should give it a chance. Don't ask me my opinion. But uh, yeah, I did. I read a ton. I uh, learned a lot quickly about what to do and what not to do when it came to writing a pilot. Uh, and then at Conan, I got the uh, writer's monologue internship. So I got to actually write all of the setups for the monologue jokes. Wow. I, had, I had to find all the news stories, and then I had to write the setup, and then we'd send those to the writers, and they'd insert joke. Were you just flipping out? At that was amazing. Time? I yeah. was so I was so happy because I was uh, when I found out that was an opportunity as opposed to just being a general intern, doing whatever, getting coffee, and it's fine. And I did some of that for sure, but when I saw that that was one of the internships and you had to like take a test to prove you could do it. Yeah. Uh, I was like, if I don't get this, I'm going to hate whoever gets it yeah. and hate the rest of the internship because I'm going to be thinking about how I should What's have that? been working with the writers. What's that test like? It was honestly just get on the internet, find a bunch of stories from today and write the setups and just see if, it, if, if they're any good. Cause uh, you know, a lot, and if you don't know, late night well enough you're not going to know instinctively how to do that you're not going to speak that language yeah. yeah but for me it was like I, I had been watching conan in in all of his different iterations for years so i was like i'll be all right at this what was the what was the feeling the first time that uh, your words were uttered on tv oh. that they made like oh, this setup giddy. you're like I wrote it. It I was, was me. I was also like, and that's the kind of joke I would have written too. I was in. I, that's what I would have gone with. <laughs> Conan gets it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. It was We're cool, Simpsons man. guys. Conan, it was, you it and was I? really yeah. cool. It was. Uh, it was a big deal, and it, and it was pretty early on in my time in LA, so it definitely set me on like just a, a course of actually ego. Well, just actually <laughs> believing I could do it. Right. You know, there was this. Moving out there, it was a little bit like this might be the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> I might be back in two years with my tail between my legs. Right, uh, but I started to see for, like I can know. do this. I can I can definitely do something in this industry. Gardner, you got you parked up a little bit back there. Is Conan? Well, uh, Conan's, Conan's on your list. Been, Conan's always been my late night guy for as long. He's as the I guy, can. man. I mean, he's the he's the best. And I don't care what changes or whatever the new landscape is or what. Uh, we've seen all the changes there have been in the past mm -hmm. what ten years. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's, he's always, 
he's a, was my guy and has always been. He's just going is, to be. He's, I think. he's Conan. He's his own thing. He's, he, just, he's always done it his own way. They yeah. always had such a fun, weird, offbeat show compared to everyone else. I, I always loved it. Like, and there are memories I have of that show where I'm, you know, up past my bedtime or whatever, and mom and dad are sound asleep, and I start laughing, and they, I get yelled at. Oh yeah, for, I used to. And I, I still remember per one particular joke from yeah. what it was one of the in the year 2000. Oh, my they favorite were doing. Bit. I How, love Why is that, that so bit. funny? Oh, my God. Why is that amazing. so funny? Because La Bamba's got that amazing <laughs> voice. <laughs> and it's I amazing. still remember it. It was Andy Richter delivering it in the year 2000. Kermit and Miss Piggy will break up before Kermit will convert to Judaism and is no longer able to eat pork. <laughs> <laughs> and I started losing it laughing. Yeah, that oh, joke so right great, there man. on the in the year two thousand got me in trouble because, what are you doing up? Yep. Go to bed. Yeah, that's exactly that was that was exactly who I was. I would I would sneak out. We had like a little TV in the kitchen, and I would pull a stool right up to it and just mm -hmm. sit directly in front of it and watch Conan and. And they could do things. They could get away with a little more because it was on later. They could right. say things like that yeah. that Leno, would, Leno would never say that. You know, yeah. it, was, it was just a different environment. I loved it. And I you know, like masturbating bear. Yes. Like I, there's still one, like one of those is indelible Absurd. in mind. It's like McGuire's record-breaking home run lands in <laughs> masturbating bear's lap, and everyone reaches for the ball, yes. and he just starts <laughs> cheering. And I'm like, like that's another one that gets me in trouble. So Dude, it's like I was, I was such a big fan that I. He's even, so smart I, too. I, I geeked out when I went there and met Pierre Bernard, uh, who did Pierre Bernard's Recliner of Rage. I don't know if you remember that bit, uh -huh. but he's this very meek, quiet editor on the show. Or, or no, I think he actually does uh, maybe the graphic stuff on the show. Uh, super artistic guy, super nice. But when I met him, I was like, he's a celebrity. Yeah. This is just like, this is just the guy who had the most mellow personality. So they put him in a recliner and had him talk about what he was raging about. And it was, I loved it, it so was, much. And there's like, it's just, it's, it, I think it's because I, I enjoy just stupid and ridiculous yeah, too. Exactly. Like when they had, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he would come out and, uh, if you, I've got bulletproof legs. I've got bulletproof legs. Oh, and he's yeah. dancing um, around, and then someone would just shoot him like in the chest or something. Was that, was that Brian? Uh, there's Brian Stack was there for years. Super, super funny yeah. guy. And then they, uh, they, they just they had those regular recurring. Right. Before, and most of them were writers on the show. Yes. And, and they were so funny. Uh, I think Brian Stack is on uh, Fallon now. Uh, just one of the nicest dudes in the world. And so is, funny. Is uh, Michael Schur the best writer to screen story we've ever seen is it is sure was he mo's on the office what's that guy's name oh man i think so right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was and him. he has like a 25 million dollar development deal now like yeah he did parks and rec i mm -hmm. believe also. oh yeah he does, he does everything like he's, it, he's amazing it, it, that's he's so got like crazy. seven different shows in the pipeline now yeah. i keep just seeing yeah. things pop up yeah I'm like how many jobs can one man have it <laughs> is, that's what's so interesting to me because if you're just a casual watcher of the office you're probably like Oh, that's probably just a guy who's been in a couple act, you know, had a mm -hmm. couple acting things, got a bit part where he doesn't really talk, and then uh, all of a sudden he's the biggest writer in the history of the world. Well, that's yeah, and crazy. you don't realize that so often, like those bit parts are played by the writers when and they know somebody there deal. can play it. Yeah. it's like yeah, he can do that. That's and I, I mean, Mindy Kaling was a writer on The Office too. It was, right, she was also a major part on it. So suffered greatly when she was gone for a season. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I did that happened to me too. I had, I got the opportunity to meet somebody. You're talking about like. Whenever you see a writer and it's like, oh my God, you're a celebrity. Uh, we, our friend uh, Tim, made the mistake of taking us to uh, an after party for a not safe 
was Nikki Glaser show mm -hmm. after a taping, and he introduced us to his buddy Frank, and he goes, oh, you guys have probably seen some of Frank's stuff, and like I'm standing there in a place in L.A., and he goes, Frank wrote Dirty Work. Oh, wow. my God. I, dude, I love... I just, I, I just rewatched Dirty Work like six months ago. I love so that good. movie. I love that and movie. And it's just this little guy with hair to his ass, long hair, just, hey, guys, how are you? And I literally like almost passed out. I was like, you wrote that with Norm? And he's like, yeah, man, I work for Comedy Central. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And I was like, you just... You did a lot for me back then, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Dirty was Work so was, was one too. of the recurring, like, I, I oh. watched the hell out of that DVD when I was a teenager. I think, I don't know why, but I think that, like, might be a litmus test, one of those movie litmus tests I use on people. Oh, like, absolutely. If somebody likes that movie, I'm like, I get, I get you. I can be on board. Because there, there's a couple of them. Like, one of them, like, when my girlfriend and I, we've dated now for just over four years. And she hadn't seen Dirty Work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's watch it one night. We watched it. She laughed. She liked it. I'm like, okay, this might and work like, out. Insanely stupid, right? Yeah. This is an insanely stupid movie, but in Correct. all the right ways. Yeah. Perfect. Like, she might ask questions like, why is... She like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. So... I think it's kind of one of those litmus test movies for me. I think I use the great outdoors the same way. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, guys, it's been a fun first hour. We've got TK Kelly in. You know him. He writes for Comedy Central's Tosh.0. He's a stand-up comedian doing uh, some dates throughout the Midwest and then uh, heading over to the East Coast. So we're very excited to have him in today. Big thanks to Tech Electronics for making this studio possible. The mics, the cameras, everything you see in here, Tech Electronics, local business here to help you or your business for security and tech needs. That's Tech Electronics. You can find them online, Facebook page, the website, whatever you need. They are there for you. Great local company. Thanks to Tech Electronics. And uh, thanks to TK for being in here. We're going to come back, take a quick break. We've got another hour live on We Are Live. Thanks, everybody.